Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin our wonderful interview today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're seated in a chair, just uncross your legs, place your palms open on your lap. If you're seated Indian style on the floor, just lean back against something and pull your shoulders back so your heart is open. And then if you're driving or doing an activity, of course, just use this as a deep breathing exercise to get really present and really engaged in whatever you're doing. But pay attention to what you're doing, not to closing your eyes. (laughs) All right, so let's go ahead and begin. Close your eyes with me if you can and place your palms open on your lap. And just begin to breathe. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. Exhaling, releasing, and sinking inward, letting go. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Exhale, release, relax. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. On the exhale, just let go of any tension you feel in your body. Breathing in pure golden sunlight through your core, through your heart, through your mind, through your entire body. On the exhale, just release, relax, and let go. And this time, as you breathe in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing, or a person, or an animal, or anything that you feel grateful for. And as you think of that one thing you're grateful for, just exhale and continue to sink inward and feel all the joy that comes from thinking of that one thing you're grateful for. Just continue to breathe in golden gratitude to every cell of your being, washing yourself, every, every piece of you with golden gratitude. And breathing in golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes and letting go of what doesn't serve you. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being, and exhaling, releasing, and relaxing. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you, like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. 
and breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, allow it to wash over you again, like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in, filling your entire body, every cell of your body with golden gratitude. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Ah, oh boy, yay. Whenever I do that, I just get so present. And it's just, I do it for me and you. <laughs> I love that so much. I hope you do too. Well, I'm so excited because we have Dr. Carrie Schaefer in the house today. We have her on our podcast, and she is the founder of Wise Woman Emerging, a platform midwifing women through the menopausal change. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, let's go. <laughs> we love that. We need all the navigation help we can get, right, through menopause. Her vision is to restore women with the empowerment of this life change lost in our current culture and help them find the optimal mental, spiritual, and physical balance she knows is possible. And I will add to stay juicy, juicy, juicy as you are. <laughs> That's so important to us, isn't it, ladies? And guys, if you're listening, this is pretty good for you to hear too, because you need to have a deep understanding and compassionate heart and ear for what a woman goes through in menopause. Dr. Carey's vision was born out of her own health journey and experience overcoming extreme fatigue, constant pain, and depression. She brings over 22 years of experience as a healthcare provider, educator, and lecturer as well as her knowledge as a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine, creator of body stress analysis, and author of the best-selling book, The Food Solution. I know you've heard of that one. She has guided thousands of people to identify and remove the barriers blocking them from feeling good so they can claim the life of their dreams. For more information, you can go to number 4 health.com. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Christine. Christine is Kari. Kari. Um, oh, my gosh. You know my name, and then you read it, and it comes out Carrie. So. That's right. I'm so sorry. You're right. Kari. Okay. And Hi, that's Kari. so, that is, I love the name Carrie, but I love the name Kari even more. So thank you for that correction. I really appreciate that. Kari is a beautiful name. Welcome to the podcast today, Kari. I am just so excited to talk to you about women's health through menopause because of all the changes that happen. And I just, I don't know about you, but I just, I was never prepared. I thought for sure I was going to be the one woman that didn't have the metabolism slow down. <laughs> I for sure just wasn't prepared for the 20 pounds that I put on during a cleanse. <laughs> so I want to talk to you. Let's just start there with what are the changes? Like when women come to you, what are the complaints that they have? And, and how do we deal with our bodies and, and really to get the maximum out of our bodies for as long as we can? How do we start doing that? So can we back out just a little bit? Can of course. Go ahead and start by talking about this is really important for women and men to know. Menopause is happening for a woman. It's actually happening in service of her. It's not happening to her. 
And you probably could make a face on me saying that because there's so many changes that are going on that it feels like we're out of control and things are happening to us and we don't like the changes that are happening, right? So what I really need for women to start with is an understanding that there's a reason why you're changing. And the reason you're changing is you no longer are serving the same role in the biological world that you used to, okay? And, the, and it is a loving act of the divine creator, whatever you, whatever happened, universe, uh, nature, whatever you believe in, that we stop bleeding when we no longer need to be bleeding because every month we lose our resources and it's very mm. taxing. Most women know this, you know, after their menses, they're tired, you know, they, they need to relax, they need to rest, right? They do, their schedule changes, things change around those times. So we no longer need to be giving our resources to that because we're no longer being the, our role in our tribe, we're gonna take it back anthropologically to the tribe, used to be to find a mate and procreate. Now, this is not PC to say, we're talking biology here, but that's our role in the tribe. So our hormones are designed to serve us in that way. Our role is to keep our offspring alive, right? I'm watching this, this series on Netflix that's all about animals and the mom and what the great lengths these mommies go to to keep their offspring alive. That's our role. Now, I didn't have children. It doesn't mean that we're not, we can't do other great things. But biologically, our hormones are supporting us to be able to multitask, right? We got to be able to, you know, search for, hunt for food or search for food at the same time we're making sure our child isn't getting eaten, right? It, it, it enables us to like focus on other people more than ourselves. And how many, how many women, hello, have gotten a little out of balance with that, right? So that's what was going on. We don't need to do that role anymore. Our role now is shifting and it's shifting to what I call the wise woman role. We used to call it the crone, but the crone has such a not nice image with it, right? I think like there's the queen before the crone, but I yeah. love the term wise woman. That's, that's, so, that's think, so perfect. If you actually think about the tribal roles, the tribal roles are a back, you know, we're midwife, yeah. healer. And even in, in some cases, the, you know, tribal leaders, right? So we, we stepped from the role of, of, of keeping the tribe alive by procreating, by contributing to the numbers, to keeping the tribe alive by, by teaching them how to survive, right? So men don't do this. Their hormone levels change, but they don't shift the, 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 the major hormone. Right, so we move from being estradiol dominant into being estrone dominant. So we're going through a fundamental change in who we are, and it affects all aspects of our life. Now, this is the secret though. When we're in the fertility years, our hormones are being made by our ovaries. When we're in the menopausal years, our hormones are being made by our adrenals. Oh boy, that explains why I don't have many. <laughs> <laughs> in case a listener doesn't know what the adrenals are, they're these little glands that sit on top of your kidneys that produce all of your stress hormones. Okay. So when I was studying medicine way, way back, uh, you know, 20 years, 25 years ago, I was taught that about 15% of women in Asian countries had menopausal syndrome. In other words, the imbalance and 75% in the United States did. Why? 
because we and, and now I think those numbers I say then because now those numbers in the Asian cultures are much higher again like us because they've adopted our lifestyle exactly right oh my god that's so <laughs> true go go live like you know a, an Asian woman used to live many years ago anyway so um so it, you know, we're under a lot of stress. And when our, our body is always prioritizing towards the survival, so whatever is the greatest threat, right? So if it perceives that it's going to die, it's going to focus on that more than it's going to focus on something else, right? So in the hierarchy, you know, blood to our heart, blood to our brain, you're going to start to understand why uh, when we talk more about diet, why I say what I say, but blood to our brain, utmost importance, right? Getting out of the way of of something that's, you know, a saber-toothed tiger that's threatening us, us is utmost important. The problem is today, the stressors that are activating those stress hormones, we're getting them all the time when we just read the news, but we're not doing anything about them. So those stress hormones are staying on. They're not turning off and we're getting into what's called a state of distress. When the body has is constantly making stress hormones for survival, it stops doing its other job. The, the adrenals, it's, you know, keep, when stress hormones are high, your immune system goes down. When stress hormones are high, your production of your sex hormones goes down, particularly in menopause, because the adrenals are busy keeping you alive in other ways than they are making those sex hormones. Okay, so <clears throat> that makes total sense. But then how do we give the adrenals new, what do we give the adrenals to get them to like cool, cool, the chill out, you know, <laughs> chill out and, and not feel so stressed. Yes. Well, in a perfect world, women understand, would understand this much earlier and maybe, you know, making lifestyle changes earlier so that when they end up here, you don't have to have symptoms. My mother had zero. She didn't even know. She just like, I just stopped one day. That was not my experience, right? When our bodies are having this stress, then, so I will answer your question, I promise. But when our bodies are having this stress, that's when things get thrown off. Because when our hormones go low, that's a stress too. So now it's a vicious cycle, right? So yeah. what do we do? We want to, there's two types of stress. One, I, or what I call two types of stress. This is not, you know, official. This is Kari. But there's external stress. In other words, what's happening in our external environment that we're reacting to or interacting with. And then there's internal stress. And so I focus a lot on helping people learn to navigate external stress because it's going to be happening without keeping those stress hormones turned on. And then I focus on helping people identify the internal stress. So what you and I can talk about here are some of what the sources of internal stress are, because we all know what the external stress is, right? Yeah. Um, some of the sources of what internal stress are, and then some things that people can do to moderate those. Okay. I'd, love to, I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. So, and if we have time, I want to talk about libido. Oh, that's the juicy part for sure. Yeah. We must we must talk about libido. So we have plenty of time for that. And I know my listeners are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to hear that. Because we are so because we're, our system is changing, our relationship to many things changes, including our mates, because we're not biologically driven anymore. So it things change. Um, but I think in really good ways, like I said. So 
belly fat. Let's talk belly fat. Want to go through? Don't want to go through it from a symptom perspective? Yeah. So the bad news is, is that um, it's not it's normal and actually healthy to put on three to five pounds. And it's not bad news, but I know for many women they're like, no, and that weight primarily goes in the belly. Why is it normal to do that? Particularly if you were thin um, most of your life, you may have had lower hormone levels. Um, the body puts on a little extra fat because the, the adrenals make a hormone called androsin and dion that gets turned into estrogen in your belly fat. So when your estrogen levels are low, your body will make more belly fat. When your stress hormones are high, your body will make more belly fat, right? Okay. So that's one of the causes of belly fat. The other thing that I've noticed in my practice working with women is that if you have an underlying internal stressor of a digestion imbalance, you know, I had one for many years, flat, flat belly. I hit menopause, poof, belly, no, not, not so flat anymore. Right? That was me. I I like a iron flat belly. Right? And I mean, no, I mean, I would say I have like a massive belly, but it's definitely not flat. <laughs> What I'll say is that for women to hear is that as you balance your system out, the weight balances out too. But if you don't balance your system out, the weight just keeps going on. Okay. Yeah, I, I have noticed like as I've been aging, my digestion is much more sensitive and, right. you know, just a lot more gas and bloating and especially at night and in the morning and just, you know, I don't feel it during the day. And then suddenly night comes, I'm like, oh God, I just want to sleep by myself. You know, my stomach right. feels very bloated and it's uncomfortable, you know? And so that can be one of those internal stressors. Now, one of the things that does happen, so an easy way for your listeners to start, is just go and get a really good brand of pancreatic enzyme, digestive enzymes, and see if that helps you. Because as we age, we produce less and as we're and if we're stressed out, we produce less. So as we mature, sometimes that can just be it. What do you think of Digest Gold? Do you like? That I one? used to. I like Digest Gold. I do. And Digest Gold, I think, has a little hydrochloric acid in it. So that was going to be my next suggestion. If the pancreatic don't work, you can try a, a little hydrochloric acid. You have to take hydrochloric acid with food. And if you get burning when you take hydrochloric acid, it means that you need some, um, you might need some stomach repair going on. So um, if you get heartburn and acid reflux a couple hours after eating, that usually means that you need some uh, hydrochloric acid, believe it or not. Interesting. Oh, wow. That's so helpful. That's yeah. So that's the first place to start. If it's still not doing it, then you might want to, you know, find somebody. I, I work virtually all over the, the country, but you might want to find somebody that can help you figure out why it's off because your digestion is the foundation for your health. Your food you intake is, is really, really super important, but then you got to be digesting it. And if you're not right there, that's your first stressor that could be causing your body to not be producing the hormones that it should be producing during this time of life. That makes so much sense. Wow. And I've never even heard that before. I've done so much research my whole life, but I've never heard that one thing before. Yeah. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. Right? Yeah. So the next step is we have to, um, with our, our, our digestion is timing. And this is where, you know, you had mentioned about intermittent fasting when we were just chatting before. 
So I am not a fan of intermittent fasting for women who are in the menopausal or perimenopausal years. And the reason is, is that the way, the way intermittent fasting works, when you are burning glucose as your sugar source, and I say this for your listeners who know what a ketogenic diet is, okay? So if you don't know what a ketogenic diet is, don't worry about it. But if you do, you're not burning glucose when you're in a ketogenic diet. And I will talk about that a little bit. So you're burning glucose. When you don't have enough glucose, it is a number one emergency for the body, number one internal emergency, because without enough glucose, brain cells start to die. Heart cells start to die. Body is not okay with that. We have several systems in our body to deal with low blood sugar. We've got one to deal with high blood sugar. Why? Because starvation was more a problem in, in historically for humans than overeating like we have today, right? So, so when we fast or when we don't eat or when we skip meals, our body releases stress hormones because it's cortisol, one of the stress hormones that tells our liver to break down uh, blood sugar stores, right? Then those blood sugar stores get into the bloodstream and fix the problem. So if we're, if we're doing this enough, we can run out of blood sugar stores and then the body starts breaking down. Everybody thinks fat, but no, it starts breaking down muscle first. So now you're breaking down your muscle mass. I had a woman who was a really athletic in childhood. She was not eating. She finally ended up in the hospital after passing out because she had only drank coffee for like four days. Oh God. And, um, and she was like 300 pounds. Because her body kept breaking down um, her muscle mass. And then because it's a little complicated to explain, but then making fat. <laughs> so she was getting fatter and fatter and she couldn't figure it out because she was starving herself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, very heartbreaking. So we release those stress hormones. Your production of your estrogen goes down. Your production of your testosterone goes down. Your production of your progesterone goes down. Right? So yeah. low estrogen make more fat, high cortisol, make more fat. Plus, <laughs> um, so we're, we're like giving this message, store, store, you're starving, store, 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 right? Thyroid goes down, metabolism mm -hmm. goes down, store, 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 because there's a famine. And, 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 and then we're eating, and very often because we haven't eaten, what we end up doing is eating too much in a meal, now we've got more glucose than we know need in a meal, okay? That glucose, guess what? That extra glucose gets what done to it? It gets turned into fat. So the number of women I meet who are eating one meal a day and gaining weight during this time is high. Yeah. So I'm really, really big into teaching women to balance their blood sugar. What about protein? There's so many, like there, you know, like I, I, I follow this one gal and, um, I, I do this boot camp workout that I just love so much, but it's with a bunch of 30 and 35 year old women, you know, and they're, they're a different stage of life than me, you know? So I, and but she's always saying, eat more protein, eat more protein. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be eating that much protein. <laughs> Well, so, so the, let me, before I answer that question, so blood sugar regulation has you eating a little bit of protein, a little, a tiny bit of fat and a little carb every meal, three meals a day. If your adrenals are really out of whack, then you add in little snacks in between because they're not doing a good job at regulating you. Um, so yes, yeah, so you would be doing protein, right? But you're not eating like, you know, 12 ounces of protein. You're eating like three to four ounces with a meal, 
That's, that's what I do. I, I, I just eat a palm full of, you know, I, what I find too at this stage of my life is I don't need like a lot of, I don't need a lot of food. I mean, I, I really don't like, I do need, I feel like I do need regular food, but I don't need a lot of it. And that was a huge thing for me to get used to because, you know, and you also think about your lifestyle when you're younger, if you have kids and you're, you know, you're athletic. I mean, I used to like run five miles to 10 miles a day. I was cleaning my house and I was racing after kids and all day long. <laughs> and I, and I think it, then they all left the house and well, well, suddenly I still work out, but I'm, I have a house cleaner and I'm like, I'm not racing after children and I'm not nearly as active as I was. So this is when I, I so a woman comes in to see me who's having some weight issues at this phase. We look at her thyroid because most doctors aren't testing the right hormones and it's very common for a woman to be underconverted. So if you're underconverting, that's a problem we need to get that solved. We look at her sex hormones. We see if she, you know, cortisol levels. We look at estrogen, progesterone, all of those to make sure those are all in balance, okay? And then we look at, you know, uh, getting, getting them eating in, a, in a, a balanced way for blood sugar, right? And then if, if all of those are good or we've corrected those and the weight still isn't going off, it is always quantity because we do need less food. And so I am not a big calorie counter. I actually thought this, okay, when I was gaining weight, you know, just like, it was like, woo, woo, woo. I was like, what's going on here? I actually fought calorie counting. I'm not a big calorie counter. However, I did it. And what I learned when I did it, Christine, was unbelievable because particularly with the ketogenic diet, um, particularly with the ketogenic diet, you are, um, a lot of us are tending to eat more nuts and seeds and things like that. And they're so oh, high in calories. High in calories. Like four walnuts, it's like 170 calories or something like that. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. And so what I did, so the final piece for me was I counted my calories. I saw what I was eating. Then I put in a very simple app, you know, what weight I wanted to be. And it told me how many calories I should be eating. And I counted for two weeks. Once I learned it, then I just knew how to eat. But it really, really, really was an issue of I was eating more calories than my body needed now because I am not as active as I once was. And that's just the fact of life. I used to work in an office being up and down all day. I sit in a chair on Zoom all day now, right? Exactly. And so just that alone. I just didn't need as many calories. So that's a big piece. But it's also, it's not calories remembering one meal. It's like, oh, I get 1,300 calories a day. Let me eat them all at dinner. No, you will make fat. It's got to be divided throughout the day, whatever that calorie count is for you. One of the things that always stuck with me is somebody said it, um, I think it might have been, I was listening to a lecture and, and he said, he was an Indian male, but he said he had this one philosophy and it was like, never hungry, never full. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I love that. Never hungry, never full. And, and yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And so just like that, and that really addressed the quantity um, thing for me. So like I, I try to, I'm a very fast eater. I, I like liken myself to a golden retriever. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I just like, people often comment like they they you know they're like wow you, you really like annihilate your food you know and, and it's true but so i have to really slow myself down and i know that's better for my digestion and stuff but it's very challenging for me i really 
I guess maybe because I get too hungry sometimes and then I'm just starved and I just, exactly. so you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Two secrets about that. So this is, I was going to, when I was going to interrupt you, I'm, I'm sorry, you, you, you gave me a perfect lead into what I was going to say. We eat so fast nowadays, most of us, that two things happen. Uh, one, we don't have time to make digestive enzymes. So we might be getting some bloat and things like that. But two, it takes about 30 minutes for the food to hit our brain and say, I've got enough. Mm -hmm. And if we're eating in 15, we're going to finish eating and still be feel hungry because our brain's still going, Hey guys, I'm starving. Particularly if we've gone too long between meals, right? Yeah. Cause our body's like, give me something. So one thing that can help that is if you have just a little tiny bit, I'm, I'm not promoting a lot of simple carbs, but a tiny bit of a simple carb because they break down really fast. So if you've gone too long, have a slice of an apple what, you know, while you're making your lunch and then sit down and eat it, your brain will get a little glucose shot and it'll calm it down just a little mm, bit, right? What a nice trick. That's like a little, that's a little hack, everybody. That's a that's little a hack. Be careful. Don't eat the whole apple because then you'll be calling me up going, Kari, I'm gaining weight. This one was crazy. <laughs> but no, it's just a little, get a little glucose into the system so that your brain starts to register. Oh, I've got some blood sugar while you're well, you know, and that way you won't eat quite so fast. You won't be so famished and you won't be so hungry where you just keep going back for seconds and thirds because your brain's still saying, I need glucose here. I need glucose. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Never heard that one before either. Great little trick. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, man, this is, this is a lot and it's such good information. I want to ask you before we go into libido, I want to ask you one other thing. And that is about bioidenticals. How do you feel about bioidentical hormones? So I used to be anti them when I, that's how I was educated. Oh, bad, bad, bad. And you know, that study that came out, um, back in, I believe it was, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but it said hormones were bad and everybody stopped using them and went off of them. And they, they, they have re-looked at that data and found that that study wasn't as, as clear cut as what they found. But also those hormones they were using were synthetics. And I think no woman should take synthetic hormones. Yeah. At all. There's no reason to. You look at the side effects of progestin, progestin and it is just scary. You look at the side effects of synthetic estradiol. It is scary. Estrogen and the amount of hormones that we need, particularly estrogen, is so tiny. That's why when they were giving you Premarin, which is like horse estrogen, it was just like massively overloading women and creating problems, right? So until I went through it myself, I will be honest with you, I was a no. And then I started, once I start, went into crazies, I had a real crazy transition because I was, one of my doctors recommended I go to a, a, a fasting detox center and it threw my body into wicked perimenopausal syndrome. Like I went, I literally developed phobias. Like I, it, it was. Oh my God. Awesome. And that was what started me on this journey of supporting women. Cause I started looking, I was like, okay, look, I'm a healthcare provider and I've been studying hormones for years and I didn't know about this stuff. So what's going on out there? Started joining those Facebook groups and hearing all how all the symptoms the women were having and how they were suffering. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. That's why I went down this rabbit hole. Um, but um, the, um, the, the hormone replacement is um, sometimes necessary. Now, I prefer, I am not a everybody needs it girl at all. I prefer to let nature do its course and let, and let the body do its thing. Hormone replacement therapy is expensive. It's hard to navigate. It's hard to titrate. And you're, you have to be kind of a slave to it, right? I am on some. So I'm speaking from... 
I, I take them too. I, um, I've taken them for quite a few years and they've really helped even me out. Um, when I go to my doctor and she does my blood work, now I know there's a lot of different ways to test hormones. That's probably not the best way to do it because she always says to me, Chris, um, you, you don't really have hormones. <laughs> and, and she goes, how are you feeling? And I say, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, are you using topicals? I do. I use um, yeah, the, that's not the best way to, but yeah, the, the, it's not the best way to look at creams, a blood work. Yeah, so that's part of the problem, right? Blood work's great if you're doing pills. You can, you know, apples for for apples, creams is better with a salivary or a urine than it is with blood work. But anyway, so 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 if a woman is slightly out of balance, we usually can get her back in balance. And I prefer doing it without the hormones, as I said, because when the hormones are fixing one part of the problem, um, the stress that's being created from low hormones, but it's not solving the thing that's caused the hormones, low hormones in the first place. So I really prefer to get a woman's body balanced out all the way around because you're going to age better. You're going to do so many things better than just doing the hormones. However, if somebody's got really low hormones, it's such a stress on the body that it's almost impossible to get them out of that trough without a little bit of bioidentical. And this was my case, right? I was so tired. I just could like barely function. And I had, I had chronic fatigue for years and I was like, oh my God, and just a little bit. So I, I do hormone replacement. I don't prescribe it, but I recommend that when people do get it, they get just enough to get them to where they feel good. Don't go like trying to get yourself, I, this one woman I, I listened to talk wants women bleeding until they're in their 80s. No, don't get on super high levels. Don't try to be 18 again, because there's so many other things that have, you know, your liver's got to process the hormones. It affects your thyroid. It can cause weight gain. There's so many other things. So it's just enough to get you to where you're not like stressed out at the effect of the low hormones. Why yeah. are you still fixing all this other stuff? <laughs> yeah, I went, um, I, my doctor, you know, when she did my hormones and she was like, well, maybe we should try like an oral, you know, those dissolvable ones. Um, huh? Trokey. Yeah. Or, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sublingual. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, maybe we should try that and see if we can't get your hormones up just a little and bump them up. And I went, I went to Hawaii and I was on like kind of my own retreat where I just, my own personal retreat. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'll, you know, I started them then. And I was like, I'm just going to eat like, like a, <laughs> going to eat like a clean diet. But, but that clean diet, because I was in Hawaii, it was very hot. I was eating a lot more fruit than I ever eat. And so I was taking in a lot more sugar. I wasn't eating meat, which I usually do eat. So I was not getting I got home and I was like, oh my God, I've gained 10 pounds in five days. And I, and I, 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 I was like, oh, okay. I'm, so I went back to my creams. <laughs> Not so, yeah. Well, there's very, very, so the way that usually um, I, I like it is the progesterone orally, um, very absorbable that way. And then the estrogen, the research is showing that estrogen, when you take it orally, can have some side effects of estrogen on the creams. But then we have to be really careful with the creams, right? We know getting, know getting our animals, our 
our, our partners, our children exposed to the area of the creams because we don't want to be estrogenizing our family. So, so that's why I say it's great if we can get women through it without the need of it. And if you do need it, then it's the most loving thing you can do for your body because low estrogen is really hard on the brain. It's really not okay on the brain to have low estrogen levels. So, um, and, and other things, right? Um, so, so yes, and like, yes, and I really, you know, as little as you need to really get yourself good and then really work on fixing that adrenal system and getting yourself, uh, uh, getting those internal stressors handled. Well, I love that so much. And I, and there's so much more, we could probably talk for two hours on this or a day. So I, I think what we'll do is switch gears to the libido um, now and 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 then we'll give everyone all your information so they can contact you and and schedule their time with you because I know I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so tell us about what's your take on the libido and how do you keep yours is juicy, your your libido going in, in a juicy way? Because I know that's that's a, a big one for women who are menopausal. Yeah. What women, it's really important that you understand is that you used to be driven hormonally to want to have sex. Straight up, it's not just a testosterone thing. You are being driven to procreate, whether you're procreating or not. So you're hornier in, in that way when you're in your fertility years. Now, that hot, fiery, got to, oh my gosh, have to have it. That goes away. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that libido goes away, but there's a transition where you're like, okay, well, what is, you know, what is my turn on? And so I want women to understand that most women, what really get turns them on now is connectivity and connection. It's true. It's, it's different. And you have to learn that. And so one of the things that I really recommend people do is, they learn about sort of their own, what turns them on. There's a, a woman by the name of Miss, she goes by Miss Jaya that has a little test you can take that tells you sort of your archetype and kind of what turns you on. Mm. Your partner can do that and learn like what, what turns you on. My husband and I are fundamentally different types. And if I didn't know that, he and I would be having some difficulties at this phase. It was amazing when we met and I wasn't yet in menopause, but at this phase we'd be having difficulties. I now understand I'm what's called an energetic. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a sensual. So where you think for many women are sensuals, but you like that soft sensual test. He's essential. If he does that to me, it drives me batty. I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite. Right? And so, <laughs> so, I want women to understand it does change. Now, if you're stressed out, your testosterone production will go down. That will affect libido as well. So you do have to look at that piece, but that's not the only thing that's happening. Our, the thing that motivates us has fundamentally changed. You, I mean, women, you remember, you know, it, unless you like didn't want children, you psychologically, but do you remember your libido going up around ovulation time? Oh, yeah, major. Right. And then, and then I remember as I was heading towards perimenopause, that would even get bigger because oh, yeah. I hadn't had children. My body was like, come on, come on. We don't got much time left. Well, I think the forties are like the highest sexual right, because, energy that you ever have. Yeah. Because the body is like, come on, we, we got to do this. This is what we're supposed to do. Right. That goes away. 
it just does right and the other thing i want to mention to your listeners particularly the, the female listeners is there something in the hormones when we're younger that has an attractiveness to it it's it's biologically again supposed to attract a mate that shifts too so what i see in my really like beautiful you know clients who are used to being looked at when they walk in a room all of a sudden they're like kari nobody's looking and they're still these beautiful people don't there's nothing wrong with you it just changes um, because we're not supposed to be pulling the energy towards us in the same way anymore from a biologic perspective it doesn't mean that you're not fabulous and fantastic and beautiful and that if you're not with your mate that you're not going to meet your mate i met my husband at 45 um, and you know, if you, I, we got married at 50 and, and it's absolutely, you can still meet a mate if you want to, um, if that's what you're interested. But the other thing that does happen is we can get a little less interested in meeting mates. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, you can get really settled in living on your own for yeah, sure. Totally because girlfriends, not, girlfriends are wonderful companions. I mean, we're not biologically driven anymore to do yeah. all of that. So one of the things I'd love to just end with here, Christine, is, um, is again, all of these changes that seem so disruptive to us, they actually, as you get through this change and as you settle in, they really do serve us. And one of the things that really helps us in this time is taking up a contemplative, like either meditation or prayer or some sort of practice where you are going within and you're centering yourself. This is gonna help your adrenals and it's also going to help your wise woman birth because she's going to have space to start to talk in your head and direct you. Um, so you are frozen on my end. I don't know if you're frozen, if this is still recording me or not, but I'll keep talking until you come back. So this is really a time for women to um, go within and really to start to ask, who am I and what do I want to give back? to this planet. Hi, we were frozen. Hurry, yeah, let's back up. Um, Cause I had to, I got kicked off Zoom and then I came back on, I don't know what's going on, but let's back up because you were talking about um, when I got, I was hearing you, but then you were speaking about, um, let's see, what were you saying? One of the things you really want women to understand is is that, that at first these so one of the things I really want women to understand is that at first these changes feel disorienting because you're trying to like whoa wait I don't I'm not things aren't doing the same way I'm used to them I can't eat the same I you know I can't I, I'm not sleeping the same things are changing but it does if you are if your body balances out when your body balances out right when it's in balance the things start to sink in. And the weight starts to balance and you start you start can start to learn what your things that turn you on and you can you start to enjoy different things and you start to look within and you start to wonder about what you want to contribute you know career changes at this time are super common um, you 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 so you get your sacred no back, which is so brilliant. Like you, you're able to like choose, like, do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? There is a softening that can happen 
if we are in balance. And it's a really beautiful time for a woman. We're no longer driven to have to look a certain way and dress a certain way and be a certain way for others. It comes back to how do I want to dress? How do I want to show up? How do I want to be, right? And so it's a really, and, and then all of that tends to be, and in my, um, in my ability to give back, right? It, so it's just this lovely, lovely time. So if things are bumpy, get some support. They don't have to be that way. And no, it's coming. Like it, there's a settling in that, that's coming. And it's just, love. talk about luscious. It is such a luscious time of life because we're not so outwardly focused anymore and worrying about everybody else. That is so true. I remember when I went through menopause, I was 51. And I was one of those ones that had totally regular periods and, and then just stopped, like literally just stopped. And I, I remember thinking before that, um, I wondered if I would miss my period. You know, I wondered if I would miss that time of the month. And then I started with all the travel I do, I started to really really think, oh my God, this is so great. I don't have to carry Tampax with me everywhere. And then, and then I started to notice like how even my temperament was like, I don't have PMS anymore. And how beautiful, like, is that like, I used to just get just horrible PMS, like for a week, my husband, when he was alive would look at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'd be like, look at your calendar for God's sake. <laughs> The same thing is wrong with me every month since you've ever known me. Like, and, and, but I, I don't have that anymore. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get upset about, you know, I don't, it's just, it's just so much nicer the way I am now. Like I, I enjoy myself so much more the way I am now. Yeah. The only, the only thing that's hard is that I, I'm not used to carrying around this extra weight and I'm getting used to it. I'm, I'm, I started to realize too, and maybe a lot of women feel this way is I've had unreasonable expectations about my body my entire life. And, and it, and I've really been having this discussion with myself lately, like, God damn it, Chris, like it's time for you to just let that shit go. Like, this is not, you're in a different stage of life and you ought to just love the body that is healthy and the body that can go still hike seven to 10 miles that can still be athletic when you want it to be and, and, and start to appreciate these things and that my body's doing for me versus expecting my body to look a certain way and fit into a mold that it just isn't going to do anymore. You know, it's just not going to be that mold. And like you, I look, I marvel at some of my friends who just don't seem to have been impacted by menopause in the slightest bit. I have several of those people in my life. And I think though, when I look at their lives, they do keep their stress to a, a minimum on, on the internal level and the external hasn't really been terrible. You know, when, when you're a woman who has gone through something really huge and a very traumatic event in your life, like I did, and a lot of people have, um, that trauma has impacted you in ways that you don't even understand until years later. And when you talk about the adrenal system, I definitely realize that the people, the women who have gone through tremendous grief, um, you know, they, have a hard time with their weight because their adrenals have been burned out through that grieving process. And, 
I talk about that a lot in my work with people who are grieving, you know, to take really good care because your adrenals are working so over time in that process. And, and then that said, you know, when you do get to this point where you realize, wow, I've been through something, I'm on the other side of that, then do everything you can to work with Akari to look at, you know, your whole system, your whole body, and, and really start to treat it very holistically. So Kari, this has just been wonderful. I have learned so much from you today. And I'm sure our listeners have just been eating this up and taking notes and, and everything. So I'm going to repeat your website to everyone because I assume they can go there and make an appointment with you if they you want go to go there and get my uh, phone number. I, I don't do uh, a Calendy because I have a, a controlled schedule. So my office staff does that for me. But yes, they can. Do you have um, courses too? We're in the middle of building, right? This ad literally in the middle of building a, a course called the Menopause Mastery. And it's oh, going to talk about all the different things, all the different pieces. And um, But people can also call and do a 15 minute just, you know, hey, what's going on? It's free. And I'll, I'll let them know if I feel like, you know, I can help them or not. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I hope in your menopausal mastery, you have some sort of group coaching part of it, like a live group coaching, because I'm sure you'll be wonderful at that. And if you ever have any, um, need any help with that, I do a lot of group coaching, so I could help you out with that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. So just everyone, please go to www.cari, C-A-R-I number four, health.com, kariforhealth.com, and check out what she's offering. And, and you know, remember, she's going to have that great course coming out because that's going to be amazing. And Kari, just thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone, come back again and listen up. We're going to have some more very juicy conversations coming. So don't sweat the small stuff. We are living the big stuff. Thanks so much. Um, share this with your family and friends and come back again. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author Christine Carlson. You're invited to join Christine at one of her upcoming retreats in California, including her popular What Now Women's Retreat at Sea Ranch and her new Revive and Thrive Mental Health and Wellness Retreat at Mount Shasta. Get all of the retreat details today at christinecarlson.com.